Hello again, friends, and welcome to the Young Anglicans podcast. The Young Anglicans podcast is a place for conversation and discussion about ministry to teenagers through the lens of Anglicanism. It's hosted by me, Andrew Unger, and me, Eric Overholt. We're both real-life Anglican youth pastors who want to see young people find and follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. We're glad you're with us. And we are recording, we're giving you the date, we're recording at uh, just after noon central time on Wednesday, March 18th. We're giving you the date because um, if we were recording even like a week ago, we'd be giving you very different information (laughs) and maybe tomorrow it'll be largely different. So. If Things what we're are happening largely, fast. <laughs> if what we're saying seems largely like out of touch, like I can't believe they'd say that in light of X, dot dot dot. Um, maybe we're not saying in light of that because we're recording on the 18th of March um, <laughs> and not the 19th of March. Um, so I'm assuming most of our listeners at this point are sequestered or isolated or in some degree of sort of stay at homeness. Yeah, and and because we know we because we know that podcasts live in perpetuity, and years from now people are going to be looking back and listening to this podcast because of the unbelievable content on it. We should right. point out that we're sequestered because the coronavirus COVID nineteen is breaking out across the United States of America, and so all of us have been told basically to stop gathering with anyone ever except for your family in your house. And just stay home because we hope to, to slow the spread of this thing yeah. so that our hospitals don't get overwhelmed. So that's that's why we're sequestered. Go ahead, Andrew. Continue. I'm, I'm going to look for uh, – I, I sent an email. I'm meeting with someone for the beginning of their um, their discernment process, the sort of initial inquiry. Um, and uh, we were sort of rescheduling our meeting. And I said, you know, we might still want to meet. We might go virtual depending on whether or not society has crumbled by next week. And then I said this, even a dystopian anarchy needs ministers. So maybe you're listening to this, like, on some sort of recorded device, like in the crumbling ashes of what used to be a city, um, just as a curiosity about what we thought the world might be like. Um, I don't know. I'm this is say a joke this- to us now, but maybe it's not in, in a month. <laughs> I would say especially those are situations that we need we need ministers. Yeah. Oh Dystopian my God. anarchies need ministers too. Heaven and they need help youth us. pastors. So we're talking about youth ministry. And if you've listened to our podcast before or if you've talked to either of us for any length of time about ministry, you'll recognize that we are people who care deeply about being embodied about space. We're Anglicans because we love space and the way that Liturgy uses our bodies in time and space and youth ministry in like collected space with real people. And suddenly Eric and I are in this situation where we've got to figure out how to be youth pastors in all of the ways that we would have openly mocked a month ago. Like virtual youth ministry is now suddenly our field because that's where we are. So um, you're not tuning in to hear two like seasoned experts about virtual youth ministry. You're tuning in to about embodied youth ministry suddenly having to do it over the computer. Um, so I don't know. Eric, yeah, Eric where's so, that right now with that? Well, I, I, I can't help but think about I, I, I preached the sermon at my church on Sunday. 
And uh, my sermon was because it was like that was the Sunday. It was that was March 15th, the Ides of March. And like a lot of things had already shut down, but it wasn't until the next day, Monday, where like everything kind of shut down. Um, but so so my sermon was all about how like we're going to gather into this place because as broken people, we want to we want to be with each other around Jesus um, and 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 in the sacrament. I mean, that was the point of my. And so, yes, like being present, being actually physically there was an important like was an important part of of my sermon and what I was preaching. So now it's a little weird. Like here we are three days later and my church has just canceled services for the next couple of weeks. And we're trying to figure out like how to do what we need to do um, at the same time that at least I think it's really important that we actually be in the same space together. Right. But, but, so but it, that it, said, that said, I, I also can't help but think about the relationships I have with like you, Andrew, and some of the mm-hmm. other youth pastors that I've met in the past few years across the U S uh, that, that our relationships have primarily like, like 90% probably of our relationship has been developed in this virtual capacity, you, right. you and I are speaking on Skype and I, it's gotta be at least 90% of the conversations that you and I have had are, have been in this medium, right? Yep. Through this media. And I mean, it, to me, that makes the times like the nice walk that we had in Wheaton together through whatever that marsh was. It was a really wonderful yep. walk between church of the resurrection and all souls that one day, um, back at the Anglican youth ministers gathering, like, it makes those all the sweeter, right? It's like, oh, I actually get right. to like inhabit the same physical space as Andrew and have a real conversation about life. Um, but it's the fe- I can't help but think about. I was able to develop real relationships in this way, and so that that to me is is what I've been thinking a lot about as as I try to figure out how to minister in the midst of all this chaos. Yeah, and there's been lots of people sending lots of encouraging stuff and posting it online in these first few days. And I'm a little bit worried that we've like shot all of our shots in the first week. And then we're gonna have to go through like four months where like no one's able to encourage anybody anymore, depending on how long this lasts. But one thing I thought that was really great was someone posting like what they're thinking about is at some point um, we will be on the other side of this. So at some point, the church will get to gather again in person and just thinking about the sweetness of suddenly like passing the peace and hugging people again. Um, That whenever it is. um, And to me, I mean, lots of churches have canceled like for two weeks or now until like week after Holy week or something like that. I mean, we're going to have a prolonged amount of time separated whenever that first week back is, is going to be just the sweetest gathering. Mm -hmm. Um, and at least liturgically, it won't be in Lent, so right. <laughs> we don't have to try and navigate that that difficulty. So that's nice. Um, maybe it'll be in Easter tide. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be Pentecost. Maybe we're like who knows how far ahead we're looking. But that gathering will be sweet, and it is again, it is likely to happen at some point. Like we're yeah. we're we're probably not going to be doing life isolated forever. And so right. it is very exciting to think about that and keep that as our hope as we navigate the not yetness of of this season. Yeah. So uh, I, this is going to I mean, it's kind of awful that I'm taking us here. But the thing that that makes me think of is like 
what brokenness are we going to experience between now and then? We are in Lent. So maybe I'm just going that way because yeah, it's Lent. Um, but, but like, we're, lo- we're all like desperate, you know, in the way Paul was like, I long to be back with you, but for yeah. now, here's this, here's this letter that's going to have to suffice. But so we're all looking at that, but I think as ministers, I think we would do well to think about what is between here and there. Cause right now, yeah. All of this like shutting down of the world is super preemptive, right? There's not, it's not, coronavirus is not ubiquitous right now. It's not like everybody has and everyone is dealing with it. But, but how many, heaven help us, how many grandparents are going to pass away? How many, how many parents are going to get really, really sick? Like what, what? What is between now and that time when we finally get together? And that is, I, I think. I think how we minister between now and then is going to have a tremendous impact on what that gathering is like when we come back together, because we're going to come back together and there's going to be a number of people that we desperately miss in, in our congregations because they didn't make it through this the way we want them to make it through it. And that's like super depressing to think about. And I I don't want to like dwell on that, but I think it's important that we acknowledge that and be prepared to minister into that. Yeah. A lot of what we've been doing at All Souls has been very like reactionary. It's been like, oh snap, what do we have to do today? So for us, it was like Friday, we send them an email that we're doing communion in one kind. Saturday, I cancel services. Monday, I cancel services indefinitely. Um, just to say like, hey, let's not do this. <laughs> let's not have to send out emails every few days to say what's canceled next. We're just gonna, things are on hiatus. Um, and, but I mean, I thought like, Oh, okay. I got to make sure this is, again, this is like inside baseball behind the wall talk, but like, I got to have a funeral liturgy ready. Um, I don't, I don't know if you can do, I don't even know if you can do public funerals. I mean, how do you do a funeral with, with social distancing? But like, I got to have, I got to start thinking through a funeral liturgy. And I think maybe that's a proactive, important step as we think about ministering to students right now is already like look through your resources and start finding your healthy grieving stuff start thinking through how to help people grieve um because i mean flattening the curve all of that process is about how to limit the devastation but um we're there's likely going to be a lot of people who die and so we need to think through okay how do we help people grieve um how do we help communities the first cases in my county um are an assisted living facility and so you think about that, you think that's a bunch of people stuck together, Ugh. all of whom are more susceptible, right? So you got to think about about that. And that even thinks missionally, how are we going to help our students care for their friends, care for each other? Um, care for their grandparents, it, care for their parents. Yeah. A lot of students are about to have parents losing parents. Yeah. Um, so thinking through that, I think, is a valuable first step, um, how we reach out with those resources. But um, there's the there's the content delivery question, um, right? So I'm going to get real practical with that and say, I'm, I'm taking a page from Tracy Russell from... Shout uh, out to Tracy. I, we, we give shouts out to Tracy all the time, and rightly so. We do. Um, yeah, she deserves it. She's awesome. She, she's canon for something in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's discipleship. Like, I don't think it's just youth ministry. It's, it, I don't know if it's family ministry. I don't know if it's sort of childhood through adulthood discipleship. But I know... Youth ministry is part of her purview. Her and her husband Jamie are co-rectors at a church. Shout in out to Jamie. He's awesome too. He is. 
<laughs> I want to say Washington, Pennsylvania, but I could be making that up. And I'm a bad friend for not knowing this. Um, sorry, Tracy. Un- but, shout out the, to Tracy. but that's because most of our relationships are virtual through through right. video conferencing anyway. So, right. <laughs> okay, this is a super long preamble. Tracy set up for her youth group a while ago um, a youth group Discord channel. And if you're unfamiliar with Discord, it's largely a sort of messaging platform It's that uh, connects people often under the guise of connecting um, gamers. So you set up a server, there are different chat areas, but then there's also like, you can set up different like chat rooms. Um, I've got a bunch of friends who have a Discord where they sort of share all kinds of things with each other from like deals on video games to like what's happening, what music they're listening to. But then they have separate voice channels for when they're playing Rocket League or when they're playing, you know, this or that. Um, and what what's helpful about it is that if any of your kids play video games, they might be familiar with it. But what I'm really excited about is that it's got these different channels, sort of in the same way that I love Slack because of its different channels. Discord, um, it just has a lot of really, really... It's an excellent way to have different conversations with the same group of people. So you can have a channel... Um, <laughs> My, my youth ministry is called Zeo Youth Ministry. Um, sort of living abundantly is varying degrees in mission statements that I've had over the years. And so I made a channel called Abundant Memes for Zeo Teens. And it's where they can post all their awesome memes and gifts. And it's where they can share funny things. But I'm also going to have where I'm going to post little video lessons. That'll be its own thing. An Ask Andrew channel that sort of send me your questions that way. And what I'm hoping is that I'll get some engagement from the students to me, but also maybe with each other, maybe some encouragement, maybe some way that youth leaders can connect with them, a spot for prayer requests. Um, I already had one of my seniors share a hilarious meme of me that was really good, and that was funny, and at least I think the only people who reacted to it were me and the leaders. So I don't know how much my students are fully engaging with it, but I'm hoping to use that as the platform for it. Um, And it's where I'm going to post my first video that I recorded. It's like a short little lesson thoughts thing. Um, that's going to be, it's my rule of life in an age of isolation video. So it's sort of pitching my usual rule of life shtick, where if you haven't heard me talk about it, we've got a whole podcast episode where I talk about rule of life, um, that I gave to the Anglican youth ministers gathering. Um, but like, what does it look like to build habits and routines that are habituating us into love of God? Um, while we're stuck and crammed in what is suddenly a very monastic feeling life, right? Like we're all suddenly cloistered up with this little community of believers we call our family. Um, I say we call our family like my so-called family. But no, like, right, we're, we're, we're all crammed together. And what does it look like to, to think through that? So I'm trying to provide those kinds of resources that are unique to life in, in the quarantine. Um, the other thing that I'm going to try and do, I'm going to try and do in the next couple of days, I'm going to record audio of me leading them through the examine. Like when we do the, the Ignatian examine together at youth group periodically, I sort of give them prompts every few minutes. Like, okay, we're going to do this. Now think about this. Now think about this. And I'll probably just record that with my little podcast mic here and then dub in some like soft music in the background so it's not just an audio track of silence. And then uh, I'm going to make that as a resource available. For me, um, my push towards contemplative youth ministry is really important and providing them with those resources as they're going to have to do spiritual formation on their own for a while. um, That to me is the thing to to push 
content wise and i think discord is the right way i don't know we'll find out if it works um but that's sort of my this is my day five or whatever of isolation plan that's where i'm going yeah so um that's all good and uh, what what i'd be interested to know is is like how much the kids are embracing your discord server how much how much you you're seeing to begin to interact on it um like what i don't know when you set it up i don't know if you have any of that information at your fingertips um what i like about it is that um my biggest concern right now is that all kids are doing is engaging with social media and yeah. watch watching Netflix show like because because here like every school is and I'm assuming, assuming it's the same way in in Chicagoland where you are like out here in L.A. Every school is canceled like so nobody like a lot of them like the kids that are in private school. My kids are in private school. Uh, you know, another a couple of kids in our youth group are in private school and the private schools are moving to online online school and, you know, changing things up Mm -hmm. so that the kids, kids are still like learning in the midst of this. Um, I I don't know what public schools are going to do, what that's going to look like, but, um, I, I just, I, what I see is our students having so much free time, everything completely unstructured and, uh, uh, like seeing that as a concern. But uh, again, my thinking, which I'll talk about in a minute is, is how, how can I, how can I help parents in that way? But talk to me about what the response has been to to this idea. So like many things that I do in youth group, my student servants have been the primary people to respond. And that's just about it. Um, but we're still early. I'm still trying to get parents to sign their kids up because, of course, this is a service that most kids don't have right away. And so yeah. we've got a younger youth group. You're dealing with that 13-year-old threshold. Right. Um so that's a whole potential problem. Um, I've seen a little bit of chatter um, as I sort of try and push it out. I'm going to keep on putting it in front of parents' faces so they can encourage their students to go there. Um, I will say all the schools in this area are doing online classes. So like my kids, even, I mean, my youngest son is in preschool and he's in, um, he's autistic and he, and he has sort of very, very heavy intervention classes. And his teachers are still trying to provide activities for us to do with him and ways to work with him. He's almost five. And so that part of the homeschooling journey that we're suddenly on is um, not been wildly successful so far, but <laughs> we are, well, that's... we've had one day of trying so far. So we're going to keep on going at it. It's, it is hard to suddenly be in charge of, of that kind of stuff. Um, well, also, but also with him too, I, I would imagine like, like completely throwing a wrench in his routines oh, is yeah, like the worst just, thing. Like, like suddenly we're importing, we're trying to do the hard work that he does at school in like that he hops on a bus, goes to a different building, sees different people and they help him with his stuff. And now suddenly at home in his chill space, we're like ripping away his iPad and being like, all right, sit down and try and write your letters. Like, no, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit rough. Oh, uh, God bless you guys. That's tough. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to set up those routines, but I mean, I've seen lots of people generally sharing this routine language. I I think it's common wisdom at this point that um, living at home in isolation, you need to set up routines, you need to set up habits and schedules um, to try and manage your day so you're not just like looking into nothingness. I, I think millennials by and large, 
and frankly, the parents of our students are either older millennials or younger Gen Xers. Um, both of those generations have recognized the way in which um, digital life has has done harm to our habits, to our psyches, to mental energy. They recognize while we all clamored for working from home, many realize, okay, the always onness of having email in my pocket's not good for me. Yeah. Right. Some of these values are, are are pretty apparent. And yet, I think the important thing, and this is again me borrowing some from Smith's You Are What You Love. The important thing is what are our habits habituating us towards? Mm -hmm. um, if it's just wellness, which is still a good, let's not deny a schedule that someone puts together so they balance their screen time from their creative time, from time to relax, from time to just be silly, being easy on your kids because you're now suddenly homeschooling them and not cracking the whip on them all the time, taking some time to help them feel safe, all those definitely good things. Um, but what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling for my students is they've lost church, they've lost youth group, and they've lost the already built in weekly habits that push them towards at least stopping to consider how God impacts all of this. Um, and so for me, it's important to try and find ways, you know, the discord is sort of to add another low level noise social media thing to their day, but maybe it's a little bit more sanctified because it's with church friends. Um, it's to keep those bonds connected, maybe build some bonds between students that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that then is a place to sort of keep them engaged enough so that when I encourage them and push out lessons or when I say like, hey, let's all say evening prayer together independently on Sunday nights. I mean, maybe I stream an evening prayer thing for them on Sunday nights and they can tune in and maybe they do, maybe they don't. But um, but the, the point is, is that everyone knows habits are going to be good. Our students need to be encouraged to build habits that habituate a love of God and a love of others. Um, so like in my little rule of life video that I'm going to be pushing out, and I'll put it on my Facebook page as well in case it's useful for anybody else. Some of the ideas I had is like, what if every day at like before lunch, you stopped and asked God, how can I love my the people I'm living with a little bit more? Um, what ways, thinking through each individual and saying, what are they wrestling with and how can I love them? And then maybe at the before dinner, you stop, take some time, ask God to tell you or to show you, what do I need to ask forgiveness for? Because I think those habits will probably be the kind of thing that forms them into understanding grace, the grace they receive, the grace they need to show to their family, the way in which they can love their family. None of us will love naturally. And I've already discovered in my own life, I had this like, oh, I'm going to be stuck at home. I'm going to get all these projects done. And I am not like just piles of junk in my workroom of like, I'll deal with that later. Like <laughs> this morning was the first time I, I set my alarm. So I'd wake up early enough to get my dog a walk before my boys woke up um, and got out of bed and like made sure that I could sit and read morning prayer in bed before my before we started doing activities. I already know for myself that's important. And that's that's actually one thing that I think is helpful for them is modeling, right? Like trying to be honest about this, this situation feels crazy. And they probably have to understand that like everyone feels like this situation is crazy and no one knows what they're doing right now. Um, so being open and honest about, Hey guys, here's where I am. Here's what I'm wrestling with. Here's what I've discovered. Um, 
and here's something that I want to offer to you out of my own experience. Yeah. Um, I think that modeling and modeling the anxiety and, and modeling the honesty about difficulty, not being a sort of stoic talking head, but being an open and honest person where they, that allows them to feel their feelings and maybe even be more open in their prayer life and be more honest in their yeah. prayer because they recognize, oh, oh, Father Andrew, our youth pastor, is also nervous and is praying for God to help him get through each day. So it's yeah. okay for me to do that as well. Yeah, so we we actually, we did have service on Sunday, which I already mentioned. and We actually had youth group on Sunday afternoon as well. Um, and we, we tried to maintain social distance, which yeah. I, I had reached out to the parents and I was like, guys, we can tell them they need to keep social distance. It's not going to happen. And hmm. just like I thought, it didn't happen. Uh, it's okay. Nobody was sick. Um, uh, there's other stories there, but, but we did, we took time. So like, let's just share with each other. And I, I turned it into what I hoped was a fun activity uh, of a way to share how we're feeling about being out of school and how we're feeling yeah. about, um, you know, about the whole coronavirus thing and how, mm -hmm. just how we're, how we're dealing with all of these things. Um, and I think it was generally helpful uh, as much as I could get them to actually be quiet and listen to one another. Hmm. Um, but then, but then we, the, the, like subject for the evening was intercession. It was like, I was already yeah. planning to talk about intercession. So it worked out great for us to let's talk about it. What is intercession? How does it work? Uh, we, I showed a, a 20 minute video, really great. It's called the prayer course. I highly recommend it. Look it up. Um, it, we'll put it in the made, show notes. Yeah. It's made by the same people who, who created alpha. Um, Anyway, it's not necessarily for teenagers, but it was it was really good. Uh, it was I showed the video on intercession from that course, mm -hmm. um, and and then we actually just spent some time interceding. And I I le left lots of space and said, hey guys, just share kind of what comes to your mind as you think about coronavirus, and and yeah. the whole situation in our culture. And it was uh, it wasn't this gigantic outpouring or anything, but but. A lot of students who might not have normally shared, like came out with something, I pray for these people or I pray for those mm. people. Right? Uh, and so it was great. And it was really nice to have that space to do that. And I think it was helpful for them. But as I'm, I'm, there's, there's a few things I'm looking at. One, one there's to me, what I see is this tremendous opportunity because what I deal with, with my students and trying to minister to, to the students in my community is other than that two hours that I normally have them for youth group in the week, like I, it's impossible to really find access into their lives, right? Cause they're all doing yeah. drama and sports and, you know, academic decathlon and like they're, it's like the, a, a teenager's schedule these days is insane, right? But all of that is wiped out now, right? So all the students, yeah. I have several students in, in my youth group who are, who are drama kids. And yeah. like, I couldn't, I, a couple of more leaders. And I was like, let's start, let's get our leaders together and let's just, you know, be together and open the Bible and pray and like kind of engage style mentorship stuff. And it was like, we couldn't find a time. They're like, nah, never mind. I, we, we can't, we, it, we don't have time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's gone. Right. Cause they're yeah. not doing any of that stuff. And so I'm like, holy cow, this is an amazing opportunity. They're bored. They're sick of everything. What if I offer, offer them an opportunity? Let's gather. Let's actually gather online. Let's read the Bible. Let's pray. Let's share. Uh, and 
like leverage some of that free time that they've got. Give them some structure. Give them something edifying, actually edifying to do. Uh, so th- that's what I've done at this point is is I've, I've thrown out an invitation. Hey, do you want to get together on Wednesday at 3 or Thursday morning at 11 a.m.? Yeah, to, to, we're going to we're going to chat. We're going to read the Bible and we're going to pray together. And I'm thinking about an hour. What, what but what I'm hoping that will do, first of all, is and I'm thinking that will probably be a weekly gathering. Uh, but I'm hoping it'll create that space where when things I, because I'm expecting I, I hope this isn't me being a downer, but I'm expecting that things are going to get much worse before they get better. Yeah. And, and, and as things get better, I want to have a space where the students, like, I want their first thought to be when something really tough comes up, you know, like their, their friend is really sick or their friend's, you know, mom just is really sick in there. Like, I want the first thing they think of like, oh man, I can take this to our youth group chat and, and talk about it and share about it. Um, I, I want that to be their first thought. I don't know. It's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to get anybody to bite, but, but I'm hoping. And, th- and then one thing I want to talk about in the first meeting that we have either this afternoon or tomorrow morning, which I, I think it's going to be this afternoon because so many of the kids are, are doing actual online school. And so right. they're busy from like eight to three or, or they, they can't schedule anything from eight to three or whatever. But my hope is, is to then offer to them, Hey guys, I am willing to have a, a video call with you every day for like 30 minutes and we're mm-hmm. going to we're going to pick us we're going to go through the gospel of mark or we're going to go through romans or we're going to go through isaiah like let's pick a book of the bible and we'll read a chapter a day we'll have a brief liturgy we'll pray and we'll share and i'm willing to do that every day because i don't have youth group lessons to prepare i don't have retreats to plan i don't have camps to get ready for i'm not preparing for confirmation i got nothing going on i have all this free time and i was actually hoping that that our church we're we're thinking about doing that with our whole church and creating that space for a whole church to like you're all bored especially if you're old you can't like go anywhere. You're stuck in your house. So here's something for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour a day that you can do and gather with people online, at least see other faces, have something that feels like social interaction. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, I, I what I want to do is leverage this opportunity, especially because this could be two months, right? Two months, that's long enough to establish a habit, right? And yeah. if I can, if I can get students in the habit of every morning, the first thing they do when they wake up is they grab a Bible and they grab a, a, a brief liturgy or something and they pray a psalm, they read a little bit of scripture, and they spend some time in prayer. Like, yeah. holy cow, imagine how awesome that would be if that our students developed that habit over the next two months. Now, I, I'm sure that's a lofty goal. I'm sure it none of that's going to work. Hmm. But, but I feel like... I want to try and I'm not ready to give up and just say, well, the, the interaction is going to be on social media or that's the only way I'm going to be able to stay connected with them. Cause I still think there's something that, that we can do through video conferencing and things like that. So it's this, it's not quite embodied, but it's better than just talking on the phone or through social media. What yeah, are your thoughts? And you about know, that? yeah. And the thing that excites me about it, um, one, like, for me, two months is like my mid-range estimation right now. Like I'm wondering <laughs> if this is going to go through the entire summer. Um, I'm I'm 
I'm going one day at a time with the full expectation that like, don't even guess how long this is going to go. Just go one day at a time. Um, but what excites me about what you're saying is, especially for your youth group, because they live so far apart. Um, yes, exactly. There's something about the thing I've always loved about social media at its best is it brings together people who don't usually talk or it, it, it enhances relationships, right? Maybe right. I can never remember what things have been podcast episodes and what things have just been conversations you and I have had. <laughs> um, if you guys want to know the nature of our planning, you're, we basically at some point in our Skype call hit record and then say things and then end with a collect. Um, but, but the, you know, social media enhances existing relationships that does really great things. So people who already see each other and are friends, social media allows you to, to share stuff during the week. I've got, I've got a weekly gathering of friends that happens usually Monday or Tuesday nights. Um, and we've got a Slack channel. Um, if you need me to tell you the gospel of Slack, just reach out and I'll tell you about how it's the best thing ever. But, you know, we share, people share stuff about their kids. People share stuff about, um, about politics and there's separate channels for everything but it's how we keep in touch and then when we get together it's like oh yeah you shared that link with me already oh yeah you sent that funny picture or one guy is getting back into running so we can celebrate that when it happens um what excites me about what you're saying is um it's hard for you to get your students together every week and even my yeah. students many of whom are in the same school district aren't going to get together you know they can get together on sundays pretty easily but like, what if after we reconstitute the, the physical gathering of the church, you still had a Wednesday night Zoom Bible study? Yes, exactly. Right? Like, like exactly. what if suddenly, what if my Discord channel, I had been thinking about implementing it for a while. Now there's a necessity for it. But what if, you know, at a church my size, at a youth group my size, um, it can it can continue moving forward and people can share things with each other moving forward. And then and then like during the week when someone sees something like, oh, yeah, you know, Jimmy over here really loves those things rather than like when they see each other on Sunday saying, hey, I saw something and thought of you. They can mm -hmm. send it to them and say, I, I'm thinking of you and you came up. There's yeah. a way in which these virtual connections, they are they are our crutches while we can't meet together. But maybe what we're doing in these next months are building up structures that will be enhancing, like they won't be crutches, they will be augmentations Yep. once we reconstitute. To me, that's exciting. It's exciting yeah. to think about how these connections might build over time. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, you're saying stuff and I'm picking out my phone and putting to-do list items like, oh yeah, you should do a Zoom <laughs> Bible study. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't already know about Zoom, Z-O-O-M. Um, it seems to be the preferred video conferencing platform for people. It's really easy to use. People can connect with the computer, their phone. They can just dial into a number if they just want to make a phone call. Um, it's a very helpful way to have meetings. Um, later today, I'm signing up for an account for our church. Um, so we can just use it for all of our gatherings. Um, so Highly Real quick, rela related to that, the, the, the other another one that works really well is Google Hangouts Meeting. Google Hangouts Meet. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be using. That it's like a direct competitor with Zoom. So if you already okay. have, if you're already deep into the Google universe in like it like you have G Suite stuff with your with your um, church or something like that, 
um, it's already there. And so it's, it, you're already paying for it or, or you're already getting it for free. Um, so like the easiest way to, to get a link to a, to a video conference with Google Hangouts meet is to go into your calendar and create a, create a, uh, an event. And then you'll see there's an option there, add conferencing. You click on that and it'll come up. It'll show you a, a, a URL and you can just copy that URL, text it to people, email it to people, whatever. And if they go to that URL, it'll, it'll get them onto your call, um, video call. So anyway, Zoom works great. I use that all the time in my diocese. I'm going to be using Google Hangouts Meet. I use that in my diocese, and that's I, I, what I'm suggesting our church use because then we don't have to pay also for Zoom because we're already paying for Google services of some kind. Anyway, but so I, I hate to like throw you into the middle of that decision-making process between Zoom and Google Hangouts Meet, um, but just know that they're, they are both out there, and they both work. Yeah. So... Listeners, I'm anticipating that Eric and I suddenly have more time where we're at home in front of our computer. So you might be getting more podcast episodes than we usually record. Um, so we'll give you updates on uh, on our miserable failures and wild successes and uh, move on. Eric, I know you usually close us with a collect, but I have one from Common Worship for this week that I thought was really appropriate that I sent to my congregation. Do you mind if I close with that one? That, that's fine. I had one, too, that I sent to, to youth pastors in the diocese, but I will defer to you. Oh, look at that. Well, Eric, we'll use it next time. There we go. Okay. So let's, we'll close with this. Almighty God, whose most dear son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, friends.